Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis' biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interview. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interview. On 92.9 FM ESPN, today's special guest host is Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize. Welcome, welcome. Drew Hill filling in for Jeff Calkins today on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's good to be back, Brad. Good to have you back. It's been, how long has it been since you've sat in the studio, either for Gary's show or for Jeff's show? Really, you did a lot of Gary's shows when he was, when Gary was here, because Gary... Let's be honest. Gary was gone a lot when he did his show. Yeah, he was. So you, he you was. had a lot of run there, right? Yeah. No. Uh, I'm a little bit out of practice, to be honest. <laughs> like, I woke up this okay. morning. Like, I have been, during this time of the year, it's like, you know, I don't have much going on yeah. uh, for work. No. So I can afford to stay up a little bit later, watch some shows. I'd, I'd say, yeah. like, when I got in the studio today is typically what I'm getting up on a normal day. <laughs> so I feel like I'm halfway waking up still, but I am here. Uh, I'll pull I, a, I made it. I'll pull a Jeff and ask you a couple of questions before okay. we get started. How's okay. that? Just How to kind of yeah. kind of gear up the, the thing here. Sounds good. Let's so get the brain jogging. We're going to reintroduce Drew Hill as if you were never on the station before, although people, I think, know that you are the the Grizzlies beat writer for, yes. the, for the Daily Memphian. What have you covered besides Grizzlies this summer for the Daily? Didn't they have you at the golf tournament and doing? You've been doing other beats, right? The golf tournament was amazing. Yeah, like this. First of all, like I, I'm not the type that's going to do this very often. <laughs> the stuff I got out of the golf tournament <clears throat> yeah. was very, very good. Like I was, I left that golf tournament really happy. 
the story about the caddy. Yep. Uh, caddy goes down. Is that down the one that the went heat. to the the uh, Edwin Watts to fix the putter story? That's that's one of the stories. Yeah. So there was the caddy who, for Harris English, on Friday who melted down in the heat, and then uh, the head pro at Windyke Country Club ends up filling in for him. He's drinking a beer on the <laughs> on the side. Course, he's watching the game. He's watching, watching the, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, the playing partner for Harris English on that day, he had also played in like a tournament with the guy's brother, and he yeah. said, "Well, I know that guy. He's caddied before, and he just pointed at him in the crowd, and he was like, uh, me? Come on in. Yeah, yeah, you. Come on in. <laughs> we need a caddy. This guy's passed out in the heat. Oh, my goodness. And so he puts his beer down, and he said Harris English told him, uh, if you're going to caddy for me, you might as well finish the beer. So wow. he went back, finished the beer, caddied the last seven holes. That was great. Yep. Uh, I thought that, the the like you said, the story about the guy going to Edwin Watts was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory so, so Rory had his caddy. putter fixed here yeah. in Memphis by his caddy going Apparently over to Edwin Watts? Apparently that's not the first time golfers yeah. have had their equipment fixed at Edwin Watts. Okay. And there's a story about Phil Mickelson's caddy going in there yeah. once upon a time. So, yeah, I did the golf tournament. Um Every every uh, fall ish summer into fall season where we are right now, I typically go out to Memphis football practice and do at least one feature story. Yep. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that this year just because of the uh, FIBA World Cup stuff. Um, You've been yeah, covering been, Jaron in the FIBA. I've too, been doing yeah. a little bit of that. It's been interrupted. It's been a busy summer for me, you know. Uh, and you're moving right now. I'm moving and getting ready to move uh, from East Memphis out to Collierville. Oh. And then, in addition to that, uh, I'm planning a wedding. When are just, you getting married? In April. Oh, that'll be here before you so, know. So, yeah, and and it is not the easiest thing to plan a wedding in April because the Grizzlies are going to be playing uh, in the playoffs right after that. So I think I have timed this up perfectly where hopefully the Grizzlies don't uh-huh. end up in a play-in spot because in that scenario, no. okay, yeah, you, I may you, not you want to be, be beyond. You want them beyond that, right? But, yeah. But as long as yeah. they make the first round of the playoffs, you which go. you know, I am so confident that the Memphis Grizzlies yeah. will just—they don't need no stinking play-in. Sure. That I am banking on them to just be in the first round of the playoffs, and I'll be back. So we have our venue. Got we got that figured out. We're getting married out in Millington. Okay. We've we well, get married close. in April. It's nice. going to be fun. So I've had a lot going on there is something in the water here because i'm producing today by, by the way if you don't know me my name's brad um jeffrey is having a child today yes it is as john martin would say it is a crossroads day to say the least not only with you're moving you're you're getting married jeffrey's having a baby john has announced he's having a child by the way at the beginning of the year yep. i think it's the beginning of years when when the baby's due um you're getting married Obviously, Jeff has a lot going on in his life that he's sort of talked about. Yeah, Jeff and, will be will be speaking today yeah, at the at the funeral for Jennifer funeral Biggs, for and, Jennifer. and and that's the sad news today is the, yes. the the news about Jennifer Biggs passing. Yeah, um, Jeff Jeff asked me if I would host the the show yeah. today because he obviously this was not something he was going to pass up, you know, yeah. doing. Um, and I appreciate you doing and, it. I know it's a lot of the folks from the Daily Memphis are there. I know your relationship with her was like mine, probably a little more peripheral. Right. Um, and I, you know, I I probably would have attended had I not been able to yeah. do something like this for Jeff, um, because this is, you know, I know that he was really really close with her, mm-hmm. um, and she meant a lot to him. And 
I will say this. If there's anybody to give a speech or talk or something like that um, at a memorial service oh, or yeah. a funeral, it is it is Jeff. I'm sure he will do a fantastic job um, honoring you know her life and everything that she meant to everyone. She meant a hell of a lot to everybody at the Daily Memphian. My experiences with Jennifer were mostly coming in after the uh, you know the food podcast ended. She <laughs> yeah. would record with Chris, and Chris will also be there today. But we will talk to Chris at ten o'clock. Yeah, um, Harrington's going to talk Grizzlies with yeah. us. Yeah. So, but it was it was always yeah. going in there after she had finished up recording with Chris, and yeah, we'd we'd get in there and we'd talk for a few minutes, and I would always always tell her. Like when when are you gonna have me on the food pod? Like I want to be on the food pod. <laughs> she really I was, talk. yeah. I was a food big food yeah. pod fan, and so I wanted to be on the food pod. And she would always like this is the type of person Jennifer was. She would kind of give me crap, and she'd be like, "Well, what are you an expert on? What do you know about food?" <laughs> and I and I'd be like, "Touche. Uh, yeah. I don't know much." And I always I used to say, "Coffee. I'll talk about coffee. I go to different coffee shops around go. town. I could talk coffee." And she would always uh, she would. She, she was open to the idea. It never worked out where I ended up on the food pod. She was but. gifted at not only doing the writing about food, but I, I I got the sense that she really enjoyed being on the radio and on the podcast to talk about food in this in this city. Nobody can talk about food the way that she can talk no. about food. Um, and so to me, that was just, you know, that was a big, big time gift. And we are all going to miss her a lot. Um, and, you know, it's. It, honestly, to get back in the swing of things that the Daily Memphian yeah. has felt a little uh, Tough strange, week over there. Yeah, yeah, the last mm-hmm. the last week. But um, hopefully, you know, after today, it, it we can we can you know continue to remember everything that she did right and try to do those same things right as we go forward. And um, you know, it was just to me, it was a big wake up call. You yep. mentioned it's a crossroads day because you know. Jennifer, close friend of Jeff, is mm. like, this is the age that my parents are right now. And I called my dad over the weekend because I was just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it just said, I just was like, you know, I just want to talk. Can we just yeah. chat on the phone for an hour? Can we just catch up on life? Can we do these sorts of things that are important to us? And your, your folks are in Chicago? They or? are now in, in uh, Tampa. Tampa. So there's, yeah, down in Florida. So. You know, it is just it's it is such a reminder to do those sorts of things yeah. because Jennifer, before the cancer, you know, it it was two months since she was diagnosed with cancer, and you just don't know what's coming in this life, and you just need to tell the people you love them that you love, and and cherish every moment that you get, and with the crossroads day, you know, you go to Jeffrey and like here comes one of the most special moments of Jeffrey's life. I'm sure. And a moment that I hope to have one day, by the way. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, you, this is life. Like we have this radio show somehow (laughs) in one day has captured life. Yeah. And there are people that leave you and there are people that come into the world and, you know, for as sad as it is about Jennifer, it is as magic as it can be for Jeffrey. And um, I just, I'm just sitting yep. there I, this morning picturing Jeffrey holding his baby, watching all the new, you know, watching the first week of college football with the four TVs. The baby will get 
uh, you know, the the four TV experience <laughs> yeah. within the first few days of its life. Uh, you know, sh- that should be uh, amazing for him. Yeah. And I just, you know, did you, first of all, question because I've always wondered this. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm probably not too far away from this. I'm a few years, but not too far. When you had your first kid, did you feel ready to be a dad? No, I um, I don't. I don't think you're ever ready. I really don't. Um, so Stacy and I, because the guys have been talking a lot about Jeffrey having this baby, and they've been going through that process a little bit. Not heavy because we had Jennifer's news, which was brutal, and then just everything that's gone on this summer. It's it's just a heavy summer. It's a very strange because we're two years removed from COVID. We're just now getting into a sports cycle that feels normal, which doesn't feel normal because it's been a long summer. Like it feels like this is one of the longer summers since we that first COVID summer of 2020. I guess it was. This feels like the longest one. So it's been a long summer. Um, But when they started talking about Jeffrey's baby, they were talking about the birthing classes and going through that process. Stacy and I did the birthing classes at Baptist East. We we did the whole by the book thing. Now you're talking about Jake's 15 now. So we did it by the book at Baptist, and you're in these classes about breathing, about when the epidural will come, or if you do have an epidural, or when to get to the hospital. I mean, we did it by the book. So I kind of was reliving that, listening to Jeffrey and Jeff, and it all feels for naught now because all of it goes out the window when you're in that hospital and you get in there. Like one day you're mowing the lawn, as you will be in Collierville, uh, I assume, one day, and your wife goes, um... Drew, in my case, Brad, um, you need to get in here. We need to go to the hospital. And sure enough, we go to Baptist East. And it was a long day, I remember, when we had Jake. Because I thought, well, we'll just arrive at the hospital, and then in two hours you have a baby. Like it's a drive-thru or something. That's not how it works. Like Jeffrey today was, uh, I think, scheduled for a 7.30 baby arrival, I'll say it that way, to kind of couch it a little bit because we know how that goes. And he'll probably, it'll be an all-day affair given what, you know, the the work, as it were. Right. And that was Stacy's thing. You know, she um, labored all day. Uh, there was some challenges in the middle, finally got an epidural. And then they go, hey, go in this room and put on this um, this blue, you know, your your scrubs. Put these scrubs on. And so you're sitting in that room by yourself at that moment, putting on your scrubs, about to walk in for the for the big event, right? And you think, man, I, I got a little bit of time. And at this time, Jake was born on the 27th of April, and it was 1130. By the time I put the scrubs on, I walk in, they've got her ready to rock and roll. And that baby, I thought it was going to be on the 28th after midnight. I'm thinking, well, my, my kid will be born on the 28th because it's 1130. By the time I get, nope, 1152, there's Jake, and boom, and you're a father. And you're like, like so you say those prayers or whatever you do before you have a baby in that moment as a father-to-be. And I just remember being like your life, you kind of pan through your life a little bit, and you go, well, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a career and here I am in Memphis and I met my wife in Memphis, probably a lot like your story yeah. in some respects, you know, I'm a Midwesterner. Um, and so here you are in Baptist East and you're a father. And at, I was 32 when Jake arrived. So I thought I was ready. I think, uh, Jeffrey's not to tell ages around here. I think he's pretty open about it. He's 35. So Jeffrey, I think will be a, a much more mature father than I was at 32. I just don't think you're ever ready. You know, I, I don't, there's no classes on this stuff. The, the birthing classes were useless. It all goes out the window when you get in there, you know, because you're not breathing. <laughs> Your wife is in pain. You're just hoping and praying that this baby is healthy and everything works out. And then you freak out because in Jake's case, he had to go to NICU. So 
And that happens often is what I've learned, you know. Right. It was interesting, though. This is a sports connection. I'll never forget across the, the, um, the aisle or across the hall from us at Baptist East, there was this tall guy with slick back hair. And I remember him arriving a little bit after and ba- the next day and Jake had arrived and, you know, you're sort of mulling around a little bit because you want to give time when naps for mom and whatever. And I'm waiting for my folks to come down from Illinois. And there's this, um, there's this, this tall man across the, um, he was, I need to make sure I get my names right before I tell the rest of the story. Um, and so I'm looking across from, from us and, there's, there's all of these flowers and things are arriving at the room across from us. Huh. Just tons and tons of flowers and stuff. And so I'm like really interested in what is going on over there. And then finally we go to a, they have another class after your babies have arrived about feeding the kid, believe it or not. Like this is what Baptist okay. did 15 years ago. You go down the hall and there's a bunch of us who have just had babies. And it was Derek Kellogg. <laughs> oh, wow. So DK had Max the same, the day after we had Jake. At, at Baptist East. So, so DK and I are sitting in this just had babies room about, and his wife has an, ep, I don't think I'm telling too much here, has an epidural, atta- like her, her medicine is attached to her still from having had the child. So they put all of their flowers up on the desk at the front of Baptist on that floor because they're leaving the next day to leave to go for his job out east at UMass. He took the UMass job, I think, at that point. And yeah. he, was, he was leaving here to, to move for the job. It all happens so fast. Just like in Okay, or and now you have a you have a son, right? Yep. When does it hit you? I have a son. Like my life is does it hit you as it as the the child is being born? Does it like what when is this going to register for Jeffrey? So I did the pre he's he's having a girl. I I do think sometimes your emotions are calibrated to this is my opinion. What what is the sex of the baby? That's just my opinion. I think you you're, and I didn't have a girl. I had a boy, but I think my temperament would have been a little different if I had a girl. I probably would have been a little, um, I would probably have been a little more emotional. Probably would have been a little more um, laid back about it. I don't know, you know, because you have a boy, and it's like you, you see yourself through that a little bit because I'm a boy, I'm a, I'm a man, you know, and so you're having a boy, and I remember thinking. Uh, I have to pay for all this. You know, you, you think about finances a lot. You think about safety. Am I doing it right? And then you go through these stages. Obviously, there's postpartum. I'm not telling stories here. Guys listening know what I'm – they're shaking their heads because, like – and I told Jeffrey this. It's not always this way, but uh, for, a, for a woman, you know, you, you might have major surgery you just got through. You have to go through the emotions with your wife or your spouse or your girlfriend in some cases. And so you're dealing with that plus – Staying up with the baby. And I was a lot different than my father. I, I looked at it through the prism of my dad because my dad didn't change a diaper or touch the touch. He didn't do anything. He was hands off. I was really hands on. Like, I was just, I'm going to stay up with Jake. I'll do the overnights if you're going to hang out. And she had, at that time, she had paternity of three months and I had a week. So for the first week. And then I would always do nights because I was working. And so you get into a routine. I loved that time. I have time. a feeling that's going to be Jeffrey. I think that'll be Jeffrey too. Jeffrey's just wired that way, and Jeffrey's Jeffrey and I are kind of similar that way. But Jeffrey will be a terrific father. I think you'll be a terrific father. I think all these guys. J- John has been a terrific father. M- you know, Mark has two children, and he's been. It's just 
it's a really interesting time at the radio station because I see what what's gone through through Jeff and having his kids all grown working here at the station to Gary who's raised a child and has two little ones and, and obviously he's no longer here but I just watched that go and then um, you know Bennett who was with us had yep. two it's like a kid factory around you know, here. It's interesting because my whole life growing up I was always the oldest of my friends I was the oldest in my class um, and in this next stage of my life, I feel like I'm last among everybody. I don't think you're right? last. You know, it'll, like, it'll evolve, though. You'll be the old man before you know it. And you have to just, it's so trite, but you have to just relish every year, every day, every moment as much as you can. But I just ask myself, will I ever be ready? And I don't know if the answer to that question is yes. I mean, I think eventually it will become yes, right? Yeah. Like, whether I'm ready or not. Well, I think you, you'll be ready. You're moving. Like anybody who who decides to ask someone to marry them, like that's that is a commitment that you're making. Yes. And and if you're able to do that, you can do a lot of things. Yeah, it was quite the commitment. I mean, I was more nervous. Me, I was more nervous asking my wife and going through the process of am I going to get engaged than I was having a child. Way more. Way more. Because I thought, man. Uh, I'm going to be mixing finances with another human. I've got to figure out how am I going to do this. Um, I'm going to be with another person. I was 31 when we got engaged, um, so I was a little older. Like that to me was harder than having a baby because I'm we were I was married. I'd already gone through a, a pretty heavy commitment. Yeah, no, well that's that is true. But for me, like as I was thinking, like you you know. When yeah. it's when you found your person, you I feel like you, you know. Oh most, yeah, right. Like I, I did. I didn't I, I have did, any certainly. doubts about what she was gonna say to me. No, I didn't have any doubts. I either, didn't but, have any doubts about that. But I do no. have like you know you you're like man, I have another human depending on me. I have to have. I have to make sure I'm financially responsible. Yeah. I have to make sure I'm responsible in in taking care of this child. I have to make sure I'm on top of making sure everything that this child needs they're going to have like you're a good you're already a good father and you haven't had a child i say that because you're thinking about those things and i think and i see this as somebody who has a 15 year old so many people don't think about those things and they have children that's just the facts i've been doing a lot of thinking a lot of thinking and uh but i'm i'm very happy for for i'm happy for jeffrey jeffrey i hope it's all all as uh, as good as it can go. That's why I, I I don't I'm not so bold to start talking about. I mean I, I wanted to talk about it this morning, and it's obviously his day, but it's gonna be a long day for Jeffrey. Yeah, I, I <laughs> hope it goes as well yeah, as it can possibly. Exactly. Go. That, that's the prayer. That's the prayer for, for, for Jeffrey. Yeah. And um and again, today Jeff is is out. Um, he will be speaking at the funeral service for. Forgive Jennifer. me for rambling as you brought up uh, birthing, but it's it's all over our building right well, we now. We will talk about sports. We're going yeah. to talk about sports. Yeah. Uh, I I think we have some believe it or not questions that we're going to do in the next segment. You know what else we didn't even mention? Charles Fishman's going to be on the oh, that's show. Good. It is fish on Friday okay. on Tuesday today. Nice. Uh, and he sent me a very interesting topic that falls directly in line with my personal life. And I am fascinated in uh, in fishmen educating all of us. At, so at you mentioned cars. I'm not. I don't want to jump too far yes. ahead. My son is has a learner's permit, so we're in the used car market right now. Because oh. I got to figure out what I'm going to get that kid. 
He he's been working and saving up his money too. So we're we're in the used car market. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to learn a bit about used Fishman cars. Fishman will educate all of us yep. at ten thirty. But when we come back, we'll talk Grizzlies. We'll talk some college football, some other stuff. Do believe it or not, this is Drew Hill filling in for Jeff Calkins on ninety two nine FM ESP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today's special guest host is Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian. We're back. Drew Hill filling in for Jeff Calkins on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff today is speaking at the funeral for Jennifer Biggs. Jeffrey is out awaiting a baby. So, wow. what a day. What a day it is. Uh, we talked about babies and life and death in the first very very serious. I'm sorry, I rambled. First on. segment. Yes, I was not prepared to Brad talk about my birth. The entire was, birth of his son. That was uh, not not really necessary. Probably, but <laughs> you asked the question and you were you were a good listener. But now it's time. Let's uh, go sports. It's time to talk about sports. Let's play. Believe it or not. Now it's time for believe it. Believe it. I don't even know if I believe. Or not on the Jeff Hawkins Show. Well, the first 30 minutes wasn't great radio. The second 30 minutes is going to be awesome, Drew. Okay. First, believe it or not, this weekend's football, college football slate will be watchable. Believe it or not. Okay, so starting this weekend, yep. 25 straight weekends with football on TV. Oh we made it. We made oh, it. Oh, yes. We made it to the best part of the year. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> You made it. Uh, as for this first slate, <laughs> it's all right. It's tough. <laughs> you have Navy. There's some gems in there, right? Navy at Notre Dame at least will be like a good spectacle. Yep. You know, um, yep. it's two teams with history, and but it's going to be a blowout, you would think, right? Like, <sighs> I I don't put anything past Notre Dame making it close. I mean, you saw the Marshall game last year. I mean, it. it there are always surprises. Now Navy is terrible now, aren't they? I mean, they lost their coach. They, they're they yeah. going through a system change. I, I presume Navy will be way, way down. 
So I, I would expect Notre Dame to, to take care of business there. So, I mean, at least that visually will look good. It'll be the first yeah. real football that counts on your TV Yes. in months. So yeah. that, that one's that, the, the that's first a good one. way to start it off. Mm-hmm. You got UTEP at Jacksonville State. Sorry, not moving the needle yeah. for me there. Nope. Uh, you got UMass, New Mexico State, which, again, at least that's those two games are supposed to be close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but two teams, two games, really, that I just cannot get behind. Uh, and then Ohio at San Diego State. That might be a little watchable. That's fair. That feels two like Tuesday night action game to me yeah. a little bit. Like, And I love some Tuesday night action, Tuesday, Wednesday night I action. would presume San Diego State will take care of business there if we're doing predictions. Yeah. Uh, Ohio's generally good out of the MAC. I mean, San Diego State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So there you go. I think it's going to be tight. I'll just go against you for fun. Take okay. Ohio. Uh, and then Hawaii at Vanderbilt. In a half-built football stadium in Nashville. Yes, half-built football stadium and. Last year, if you recall, because I remember Hawaii and Vanderbilt played in Week Zero last season. Wasn't it crazy? And they they weren't playing in Aloha. It was crazy. It was like crazy high school. Yeah. And then they they stopped playing in Aloha Stadium or whatever it was yeah. called. I don't know what it was called. By I the think end they, I it. think you got it. Um, we'll go with it. And it was like they were playing at a high school football field. It was like on the side of the track. <laughs> they had just like bleachers set up. Jeez. On top of uh, the track and field uh, area, and yeah, I mean. So, second year in a row, Hawaii and Vanderbilt playing in front of a very limited capacity. I mean, Vanderbilt's 17.5 point favorite. Wow. I'll take the doors, but I do not, you know, that one, that one I will be watching for sure. It has at least a, a twinge of interest. Yeah, Notre Dame so far in the Vandy game. That's fine. That'll be on the SEC network. Yep. And then San Jose State and USC, uh, and then FIU and Louisiana Tech. Uh, USC, massive favorite over San Jose State. I mean, you'll get to watch Caleb Williams. Fine. Yep. It'll be over in the second quarter. So that's going to be a no from me. And then FIU and Louisiana Tech. Sure. I mean. That's fine. Fine. It's fine. That's Feels on CBS like Sports. It's a weeknight football game uh, on CBS Sports. Louisiana Tech, an 11-point favorite. So I would say overall, believe it or not, this slate is watchable. I will... Believe it. More into but barely. it. Would you believe that it, you're more into it than the NFL matchups going on in preseason? It depends. I'm a, like I'm the biggest Justin Fields fan in the world. Like if Justin Fields wow. is playing, you and Jason Smith. If Justin Fields is playing a whole first half, okay, and it and it takes place. I don't know. I think the Bears are playing on Saturday. Yeah, I'll watch that. Wow, preseason football from Drew Hill. Next, uh, this is actually an interesting story that has gotten a lot of a national attention. We had Jason Fitz on, and he had tweeted Mike Golick Jr. and some people about this promotion that Memphis is doing. $60 Memphis football t- fans, $60 for fans to get into every single home game season uh, this year if they keep winning. Uh, do you believe this is happening? Believe it or not. I'm I'm tempted to believe this. I think they're going to win every home game this you year. You think they're going to keep winning all, and they'll have six, five free games and one paid game for the people who buy sixty dollars football tickets for the first game. This is the uh, promotion is called. Is it Win Together? I think they're calling yeah, the promotion. It's called Win Together. It's gotten a lot of gas. I mean, we talked about it all, and it's probably because it's slow sports right now. But like, sixty bucks, you buy the first ticket to the Bethune 
Cookman game. Right. They if, win that one, you get to get into the second one for free. They win that one, you get into the third game for free, et cetera. So there's a few games I think that they could get tripped up. And I think that they're probably – now, I, I'm not saying that the Memphis Athletic Department is banking on this team losing a game because I don't I don't think that they are. I think they want them to they, lose, they presumably, to in the middle. <laughs> now, how could you – how dare you? I'm, I'm not – I, I wanted you. to be very clear that that is not what I'm saying. I got you. But I'm just saying, from a money perspective, I think that they're 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 betting on the fact that at some point Memphis may lose. I got to pull up the home schedule. Boise State is the game. one that's going to be a tough. I've one, got it right? in front of me right now. So you've got the first game's Bethune Cookman. Yep. The third game of the season, sec- home game, part of this promotion is Navy. So those are both games you would expect Memphis will yeah. win. We just talked about how Navy's got all these changes. They're not looking too great. Mm-hmm. Then you got Boise State and Tulane back to back. The odds of them winning both of those games, I will admit, is not great, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are two very solid programs about at the same level as Memphis right now. Mm-hmm. And but the thing for me is Memphis has been first of all great at home under Ryan Silverfield. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I don't I'm Thinking back to no, last they have year. one of the best records in college football I mean, at home over the past five, six years. They're like in the same class as the top of yeah. the top. No, they're right so there. Yeah, I just like their chances, and, and eventually Tulane's magic is going to end. It's yeah. going to run out. And I was doing some reading up actually on the American a couple nights ago, and I just I, I'm a person of the belief that like especially when these are not the premier top-of-the-top programs Mm -hmm. that are just loaded up with five-star talents, your chances of sustaining that level of success, we saw how hard it was for the University of Memphis to do it after the Cotton Bowl because of the turnover and the change, and I know that, you know. Portal, NIL. Willie Fritz is still there, Mm -hmm. and Tulane has a ton of their offensive line back, and, like, that all looks good. Mm -hmm. It is hard to replicate that magic. It is hard. To find that again two seasons in a row, I think Memphis is winning that game against Tulane here. It'll be people are going to circle that as the biggest game of the season for the Tigers, as they probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have a really good feeling. Like there's oftentimes when these when programs like this match up against each other, there's a pretty big edge to the home team. So I think they're going to get past Boise State. I think they're going to get past Tulane. It's crazy. I know I'm on the wrong. I, I wow. the odds are against me here, but I'll believe this. I will believe that you'll if you buy these tickets, they will win every home game. Well, the cool thing with this promotion, I believe that too. I'm gonna I'm gonna be glass half full here. I think they can beat Missouri in in St. Louis, and I think a lot of people don't see that coming. They don't think that they're better than Mizzou. I I I, I really think Ryan needs. He just didn't get any breaks last year. I mean, last year, I, I recognize that some of it was self-inflicted. The Houston game, the debacle right. at Tulane where you're up 30. But, like, at a certain point, you would think that the margin has to flip on itself a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely due for some we, – we talk about, like, regression and right. all these things. And then yeah. I mean, positive And all they're regression. talking about is finishing over there. Like, clearly they're aware that the problem was they, they had terrible second halves last year. Like, they played good football. That's true, right? I mean, they played I mean, yeah. they played decent football last year. And the way that the schedule sets up this year, like these teams that you're going on the road to face, like they're bad football teams. 
Charlotte, Temple. Right. North Texas, we'll see what they are. Navy's bad. UAB. Navy is bad. Arkansas State, you should beat. You're Memphis. You should beat Arkansas State. So, like, you have all of the the schedule has has aligned itself in a way that you think would be a good season for Memphis football. And this is a program, and I I, I don't want to get in the Twitter war like Jeff had a while ago, (laughs) but, like, this is a program that could use the momentum. Like, we could all agree on that. Everyone can agree that this is a program that needs to build a little bit of momentum. Well, the schedule's positioned for you to do so. Like, you're playing a bottom-tier what we think will be a bottom-tier SEC team, yeah. you can win that game. You can win I, I agree. You can win that game in Missouri. That would be a big boost for your confidence. It's a winnable you have game. two huge games on the back end of that mm-hmm. against brand, at least for now, brand opponents in your conference or in the group of five, in, in the case yeah. of Boise State. And both of those games are winnable. So, And they're both at home in the Liberty Bowl where you have been awesome. So I, I this does feel like a... A build-up year for this program. This feels like an opportunity for them to to capture a little bit of, uh, of some the, momentum. The city here. again. Well, yeah. if they keep winning, people will get excited about this promotion. You know. Yeah. And I, I actually said this last night. I think that there will be people that don't go to the first game that buy the ticket in anticipation of reaping the rewards if they were to win. Presumably, win the first game against Bethune Cookman because you get a free ticket for the next one, and then you got a chance to get some. Some free tickets. Uh, let's go to the NBA, Drew. Okay. There are spies working for certain NBA teams. Believe it or not. Is that believe it or not? I don't believe this, but did you see this story? I did not see the story. It is a crazy story. So the New York Knicks are suing the Toronto Raptors right now. Among the defendants, our guy, Coach Darko, Darko Radjakovic, who, who left from, yeah, the, uh, Toronto from, coach. from yeah. the Grizzlies. He was our assistant last Lead year. Lead assistant for the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies, now the head coach. Of the Toronto Raptors. The Knicks are alleging that one of their employees who was an assistant video coordinator, I'm not even going to pronounce the name just because it's too crazy. It doesn't matter. Um, Their assistant video coordinator was leaking play frequency reports, a prep book for the 2022-23 season, video scouting files, opposition research, and more to the Toronto Raptors because the Raptors had been in the process of trying to hire him onto their video staff this summer. So they're alleging that for essentially two years, there was just this guy who was giving their in-division rival opponent all of the information that the Raptors needed when playing against the New York Knicks. I have a few questions. Yeah. How much do you think that leak of all that information actually helps when the guys get out on the basketball court. I I think that these analytics help a little bit. And I think the video helps a little bit. And the the margins are pretty thin in the NBA once you get on the court. So if you know tendencies, it can certainly help a lot, right? I think it can help a little bit, not a lot of it. Okay. Question How many points? Two. I mean, sh- can it can it can a video coordinator's uh, information about how many times your your guard the guards for the Knicks drive right as opposed to left or they they take elbow shots as opposed to paint you know all that stuff um, it, it's worth a few points three it's worth a line I, I agree it's, it's worth it's, a line move it's worth a line move isn't it 
Maybe a minor. Yeah. If, if you're, if it's a two or three point spread, I, I can certainly see. Wait, I've, I, I started watching the. I got to watch the Tim Donahue, uh, the the, the oh, Untold. Very Have good. Have you seen it? Yeah. I mean, just by calling palm balls, they are able to affect a game. So yeah. if that's true, I certainly think that something like this can can be true. Okay. Second part of this. Should the Knicks be suing this guy? Yes. I, I this think, is worth a lawsuit, a basket, basketball advantage in a basket. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly think, God, they're, you, they're going after the Raptors in the lawsuit, right? They're going after the Raptors specifically, and they're also going after this former employee who now works for the Raptors. Again, the Raptors yeah. were hiring him. I mean, I see it in our business. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a non-compete in in Dallas in the radio business that. They uh they they were hedging on a non compete and they're suing them so this I feel the same about this yeah I guess it's this is the business they're in sure am I crazy you might you might think I'm crazy I don't know I'm I'm like on the fence about whether or not this is worth a lawsuit these basketball people like... take it seriously Drew you would know okay. that more than anybody let's go to Memphis's greatest rivalry right now the Daily Memphian versus the Commercial Appeal okay this is that's a joke people don't take that too serious I love the guys you guys are this. pretty friendly um. If I wanted to know what the heck is going on at the CA, I could talk to somebody in the CA and I could get information about the CA and they could talk to somebody at the Daily Memphian. They could get information about the Daily Memphian. Yep. And none of that is lawsuit worthy, right? Yeah, but the th- Knicks are suing this guy because they viewed it as a breach of his contract to exchange this information. Yeah, like, but you I don't work think for this a, non- is a non-compete. But, yeah, I guess this it, is like don't yeah. I, it's not, it doesn't say in my contract, yeah. don't say anything about these specific things. But I suppose if it did, that it'd be worth a lawsuit. But to me, I don't know. I just, it, it's just, it well, in your, in your case, you work for a not for profit, so it's irrelevant. I guess that's true. Yeah, my, that's, true. that's, that's my view on it. I mean, yeah. the Daily Memphian is, in, and da- Jeff talks about it every day. It's a not for profit organization. So I think that, I think one newspaper versus a commercial newspaper might, might be different. But right. uh, and and a, and a radio versus radio, or in this case, an NBA team versus an NBA team. But I know these NBA teams take these scouting reports pretty seriously. Look at the Astros. Like when Jeff Lunau went there, like they dug into it so much, they found out that the Astros were cheating after they started digging into the video reports and then coordinating it with the banging on the trash cans and all the stuff that they were doing. I, and there's I'll, a lawsuit about that now too. Well, there there's, is. A, there's pitchers. Minor league pitchers that got called up who are suing the Astros because their careers were lost when they got called up to play against the Astros. There's a podcast about this uh, from Michael Lewis, actually, and he talks about how one of these minor leaguers is suing the Astros because when he got called up, he was like, man, they had the best game ever against me. I guess I just didn't have my stuff. Turns out they knew his pitches because of the the mechanism in, in Houston. I just think that there's a lot of this that goes on. Oh yeah, this is going on all the time during the draft. That's like, why you try not to get, get caught. Intel on what other people are, right? So if you get caught, it, it, it's it's different when you don't get caught. Um, and sometimes it goes on and it does get caught, and they don't they don't choose to go down this road because they don't think it's enough. Like the Knicks have sucked so bad, like I don't see what it's that it's mattered that much, really. I mean, they finally made the playoffs last year, but still, it's a fascinating story, and Darko's involved, and so yep. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> nothing too bad. Uh, let's talk about this old team, the Grizzlies. Uh, this Grizzlies offseason is boring. Do you believe that or not? Believe it or not.
I think that this has been one of the slower off seasons, despite the fact that we have all this jaw stuff. Yeah. We have Jaron playing in the FIBA World Cup. I just can't remember an off season I went through where I truly felt like there really was not much for me to be writing about and doing. Maybe we're just in the section of the offseason. Yeah. But this feels like a pretty slow offseason. Like, we're not wondering what these guys are going to become for the most part. We know now at this point. Yeah. Like, we know that we, this isn't this the offseason before Jaws' rookie year where everyone can't wait to see him get on the court. We know that Jaron is a force defensively now. He just won Defensive Player of the Year. We know we're not wondering if he's going to be able to win that award. We know he can win it. We already watched Marcus Smart play in the playoffs a whole bunch of times. I feel like there's less to talk about on the Memphis Grizzlies this offseason just because of the outside of you, – you may disagree with me just because of the jaw situation, but it just doesn't feel very compelling to me. To me, I totally disagree. Um, and I – respectfully. But um, I think that what we're experiencing is the very butt end of the summer season, which is about to end quickly, and it's going to get busy real fast. Like, it's week zero. In one week from now, we're going to be talking about the NFL and week one right away, and then you got Alabama right away on the ninth against Texas. Like, we're about to get an, uh, a surge here, especially if it cools off and they start getting into high school football more. But I wrote down five things as you were answering that, and I was listening to what you're saying, but I – I think, because every summer I go into it from a radio standpoint in a market that has one pro team, really two pro teams, if you think that Bef, we, we cover the Tigers basketball program like it's a pro team. Right. And the Grizzlies. And then general stuff, right? Football, Ryan Silverfield and the Tigers. Um, what's going on at the, the grounds at the Liberty Bowl, all this stuff. Like the, the upgrades for the forum. And that also factors into this, this topic, which I think... That's the, a good point. The, 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 I wrote down really six things. The forum rebuild building project money thing is a big deal. And it's all going to go to the Grizzlies. The second thing is Derrick Rose. Like, I saw that picture of Derrick Rose from Lausanne, from his family going to Lausanne, and it spread like, I couldn't believe the traction that picture got. Like, it's everywhere. Like, I had people in Illinois, like, texting me, and they're like, oh, my God, Derrick Rose, he's living in Memphis, and he's going, he's got a family, both of the baby, both of his, the mothers of his children were both in the picture, and, like, all this stuff. So the Derrick Rose stuff was in there. Um, Bain's max contract, and then the, Bain's max contract, the draft, and then the John Morant stuff, too. I So, and it was all sort of spread out through the summer a little bit. I'm not saying it was super-duper summer, but like in a market that really loves basketball, it was a pretty it was pretty juicy. Okay, I'll give you some things and then some things I'm gonna counterpoint. Uh, the Rose thing is tr- I, I I definitely and I'll probably learn this. I was not here during Derrick Rose's run with the Tigers. I know he is a beloved, you know, sports figure in yeah. the city. I haven't experienced that just yet at, at personally. Mm-hmm. So. Perhaps I'm underselling that. That's fair. That's a good point. That was um, two weeks of the summer, Derrick Rose. Yeah, there was, it was. It was. There, we did a lot of talking. <laughs> there was Derrick a lot Rose. on Derrick Rose. It was we like, did. oh wow, that's true. Yeah. The Bane thing we knew was coming. Yep. Like, yep. so to me, that's fair. Eh. Um, I think the country was surprised though when when Bane got his max deal. Like, people are like, why the hell is Desmond Bane? Like, nationally, people were like, 
why is Desmond Bain getting a max contract? And everybody in Memphis was like, of course Desmond Bain's getting a max deal, you know? I think that Desmond Bain still hasn't this now I'm getting derailed here, but right. he has not touched his ceiling. Not even close. Oh, I don't I don't think and it's even I believe nearly strongly close. that the Grizzlies oh, believe that. Oh, I, see, um, I do too. Because I was hearing things going into last season before he got injured. Like, people don't know this yet. This guy is a superstar. He's like, a, superstar. a true superstar. Yeah. Like they based on the way he was practicing before last season, they were ready to give him a yes. huge contract. Yes. So like I think we knew that going in. Um so I don't know. That one that didn't move the needle much for me. You know, we've had storylines. Perhaps I'm just at a point where I'm exhausted about talking about uh, some of these things. Like, what are we going to do? Talk about who's going to be the starting small forward for months on end? I mean, we know that most likely it's going to be Luke Kennard, right? When when the season begins. So, I'm ready for them to get back out on the court again. Maybe you're right. I'll change my pick. You've convinced me, Brad. Well, and yesterday, for example, um, all the shows talked about uh, T. Morant was at a camp yep. down, was it in Georgia, I think, somewhere. And he spoke for, it was a one-minute clip. But, man, like, we were playing the clip about, and basically, for if you haven't heard the clip from T. Morant, T. Morant is talking to uh, this elite camp. And he's pointing out that basically Ja is the one who accepts responsibility for what's happened to Ja over. And it was we hadn't heard from him, you know. Um, it it probably feels more dramatic than it actually has been for the Grizzlies this summer. And I suspect when we start playing basketball games, especially if Kennard plays well and Bain is right, like I I think the one cool thing about Bain, just kind of going into it now a little bit, not talking about the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Grizzlies fan, like I don't think we saw the best Bane, and he was still scoring like 20 plus points a game in the playoffs. You know, it's pretty exciting to see the player do. I, that's my favorite player, by the way. I love Desmond Bane. Yeah, I think that, I think that that's correct. Like, I think that they're they are set up well to survive this moment mm-hmm. with Ja. And you don't think De- will Derrick never, Rose play a lot in in his absence in those first 20 games? It, it'll depend on Derrick Rose's health. Yeah, um, I hope he's right. The thing is that they have two point guards, right? right? Like they have Smart and Bain. Yep. They're really going to have three point guards when Ja comes back. So I, I'm not so sure Derrick Rose is going to play a lot of minutes when when Ja is back. Um, but I, I think that's kind of what they want from Derrick. They they want Derrick Rose to be a mentor in that locker room, mm-hmm. and they want him to be a backup plan. Um, you know. This is like having Marcus Mariota as your backup QB, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't know how much he's got in the tank. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not even a no, great it's, it's comparison. Fair. No, it's But fine. you know that at least he's he's got experience and he's not going to – you hope he doesn't really make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. So um, I, I, I feel pretty good about the Grizzlies, as I mentioned in the first segment, based on when I planned Where my wedding. Where do you think they'll finish? I think that they'll finish in the three or four range this yeah. year. Uh, I don't think that they're going to really necessarily try to shoot for the top. Um, and they know that given their circumstances with Ja, it's going to be a, a lot about just surviving these first 25 games. Yeah, Let's try to come out of it with a winning record. Let's position ourselves to get in the playoffs. We're not going to exhaust our players at the end of the season and risk injuries to try to move up in the standings. Screw that. We've yep. been in the playoffs a bunch of years. We know we're going to have to beat the best teams to accomplish, you know, to get to where we want to yeah. get to. It's not about getting to the first round for the – 
Grizzlies anymore in the playoffs. It's about getting to the Western Conference Finals. And guess what? If you're going to get to the Western Conference Finals, you're going to have to beat good teams. So I don't think that they're necessarily going to try to, to, to make this run to the top of the Western Conference as you've seen in, in the last two seasons. I think there is going to be a, a mindset change there. And it all starts with Ja. I mean, we could talk, you know, you know if we wanted to, back to the, the original, believe it or not here, we could sure. talk about Ja as much as we wanted on the show. That's and, it. And I, I the mean, shoe deal and all this, that, and the other people—they can't get enough. So, uh, I guess this doesn't. This this compares to my off seasons with yeah. John Morant, but but uh, there have been Grizzlies off seasons with no John mm-hmm. Morant, where there's a lot less to talk about. And I I believe, and like I, I, I have to be really careful not to step too far on this. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding that there's been correct steps taken in that situation. So like I. You know, you never want to promise that something's on the right track. You never want to promise that everything has been resolved and fixed or whatever because you don't know. But, like, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's been taken very seriously and that it's going to – you hope, you hope that it's going to really help. And I don't really want to go much beyond well, that, I think but I the, think that it's I, – I, there are positive signs. Well, there were two things that there. happened after that, too. I think you're right, and you know more than I do because you talk to the people who are inside of that thing. But – Getting a Grizzlies tattoo doesn't seem insignificant, A, and then B, when T. Morant speaks and takes a you know responsibility, those two things feel pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, th- one more thing before I get to Jonathan Taylor and some NFL, before we go to, to Chris here in the next segment. Um, wanted to ask about Steven Adams while we're on the Grizzlies. Okay. Have you heard anything? Any any, any updates on Adams back? or his health or where where I guess I'll do the where are we at on Steven Adams since we got we're on Grizzlies here. Uh the hope is that he's just gonna be ready when the season starts. Okay. Um and I haven't heard otherwise yet. Okay. So I, That's I haven't good. been digging on Steven Adams quite the same way that I you ask around about other sure. guys on the team. Obviously, you ask a lot about Desmond Bain. Is the foot gonna be ready for the start of the season? You ask a lot about Joe. Yep. Those the, those are I guess yeah, those are probably kind of the, the two. Yeah. Uh Steven Adams is obviously important and you know, you hope he's going to be ready for the start of the season. The team has repeated that they that that's the goal. Um I I think that it's you would hope that that's the case. Yeah. So okay. um all's good he he, did, he got some more tattoos this summer. Adams did. Yeah, Steven Adams as well. His <laughs> his his arm sleeve now goes all the way up the up the back of his neck. My guy. Yeah. We got a lot of work done this summer he between looked, him and Ja. He 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 looks like a he's even stronger than he was before. I mean, wow. he he's he's like a super villain from a from a superhero okay. movie. Looking forward to point. seeing this. Yeah. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 